Play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you were wondering what you were just listening to, that was Janelle Monet Yoga. Great song. And let me tell you something about Janelle Monet. She is a fine, black, beautiful queen, Isis, African sister. Ice? Oh, the other I Isis. Love. Yes, queen Isis <laughs> of, of Egypt, because yes. all black people are from Egypt, allegedly, according <laughs> to Hotep people, who are always wrong. But anyways, guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard. This is Stanley Fritz, your favorite engineer and also your host who drinks a lot and loves to brunch. I'm here with Selena hill and Alyssa fuchs we were talking about isis in iraq and whether bush was to blame for the creation of the terrorist group isis and we learned that yes bush and david petraeus are hugely to blame <laughs> president obama definitely has fault but what our guest musa agarbi was saying is that hillary clinton was really the one that pushed these policies nope. forward that made it worse but president obama is the president not hillary so he could have nixed it and he didn't so let's not forget that part. So now we are here at the News Roundup where we talk about your favorite news stories throughout the week. Things that made you laugh, things that made you cry, things that made you curse, things that make you scratch your head or get into Facebook arguments because people think it's okay to shoot at a car 137 times and then jump on the hood of that car and shoot 45 more times because black. Did you want to talk about that story in more oh, detail, you know, I thought you were going to actually save that story so we could contrast it with the story we're going to talk about at the end. Too which, late now because I need the details. <laughs> um, I think it would. I mean, I think it would make more sense if you hold it for a half a second. I'm going to hold it. You know what, Lena? Chicken nuggets. Um, you know, uh, th- you know. So I know we're going to get back to that, but this week in in the gay news, I'm doing the gay. I'm the gay news the correspondent. News, the good news. <laughs> I have to switch from my legal correspondence to be the the. Official gay Put the gay hat on. We, I don't think it would be right so, for us to call you that. What does a gay hat look like? I don't know. Me neither. It's the baggy pants star. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have two big pieces of news coming out this week about uh, LGBT stuff. Uh, one of them is coming out of Ireland. Uh, Ireland became this first country in the whole world to approve same-sex marriage by a referendum, by popular vote. It yep. passed. They voted yes. Uh, so go Ireland. Um, and it actually, it's very interesting because Ireland's a really conservative country. I mean, mm-hmm. the Roman Catholic Church uh, has a really big pull there. And yet still they came out and voted yes. And um, right here in the States, the, you have big news out of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, right. which is Girl Scouts say that, you know, we're going to accept transgender girls um, into Girl Scouts. And uh, Robert Gates, who's now who used to be a part of the Obama administration, who's now uh, working for Boy Scouts, has come out and said that he would really like the board of directors of Boy Scouts to look at their policy about not having uh, adults as Eagle Scouts that are gay, especially since you have jurisdictions like New York here that have hired openly gay 18-year-olds who are Eagle Scouts, uh, you know, and so... There's now a conflict between the national position of Boy Scouts and some of the local chapters. That oh, is a wow. lot of good gay news. I'm gay over this news. Oh, gay isn't happy, Selena. I, thanks for Read I didn't dictionary. know what you meant. <laughs> Guys, if you want to call in and talk about how happy you are or just share a story, you can give us a call at 212-650-6903. Again, that's 212-650-6903. I have... I have good. The only have like I have two bad stories and one good one. Can we take the good one first? Yeah, I'll take the good news is so President Obama, according to his White House secretary Josh Earnest, Mm -hmm. is thinking about becoming the first sitting U.S. president to visit Cuba in decades. So remember how we always talk about Cuba, um, how Cuba and U.S. and Cuban relations have been normalized ever since Obama announced that he was doing stuff about that in December. Well, not only is he making progress. 
Um, and even thinking about opening up an embassy in Cuba. And Cuba's thinking about opening up embassy over here. But he's saying, I might just take a little visit. You know, and if you want to know more about that, I actually did a quickie about that a few weeks back. And you can check it out on our website, lyvbh.com. Click on our archive shows and you'll be able to find the quickie on when you might be able to buy some Cuban cigars and Cuban rum. Yes. Or take a trip with Obama, apparently. I want to talk about black people stuff. The Root, which is the number one news source for African-Americans, Root.com, was bought by Univision. Mm. Yes. So Univision is the number one like re- news, news and like media resource for um, Spanish-speaking people. They purchased it. So now you have the number one black publication and the number one Latino media consulting group coming together to make the Voltron of black Latino, <laughs> Afro-Latino <laughs> How long is it before some idiot politician says that there's a war on white people? Oh, the war on white people has begun years ago. It did. Yes, that's And that's right. why we need white appreciation but day. But this makes so much sense because we know by 2045 that the majority of of Americans will be Latino people and African people of color. And we've seen a big uprising in like media that focuses on people of color, particularly African Americans. So this is awesome news. That's 30 years from now. That's yeah. 30, I, you mean, you're, I mean, one, you're going to have a rise in, in the populations, but also you're going to have a lot of intermixing because the more time that goes on, you have a lot of uh, race mixing and different people from different backgrounds marrying each other. And so you'll have the creation sort of of people who fall into different racial backgrounds and racial groups because of interracial marriages and intermixing, stuff like that. Speaking of race relations, I don't know if you guys have been following what's been going on in Olympia, Washington, but on Thursday, early Thursday morning, there was these two unarmed black stepbrothers. One was 21, one was 24. Apparently, they were going into a a supermarket and they were allegedly trying to shoplift some beer. So we know how this story ends. The cops are called apparently this white officer um you know he he approaches them um the, the the two the two young men ran into like the bushes ran into the woods um they came out some confrontation ensued and the officer shot him like multiple times and he was like they tried he that the, the um that the two unarmed suspects tried to attack him with a skateboard and that he felt in fear of his life so he opened fire and one of them was injured critically very seriously um we're not sure exactly how if if he if he will survive we pray that he will and the other one was shot too hopefully he will survive and will be able to recall what happened and take this um shoot i was gonna say shooter take this cop to trial so we'll see how that yeah don't hold your breath (laughs) i won't of breathing um the senate actually uh they had a panel that now uh got together the senate appropriations committee and they voted to back what's called the veterans equal access amendment under the under the measure the va would be allowed to recommend medical marijuana patients uh Mm. who are veterans who have ptsd uh to use medical marijuana in states where it's legal so that's definitely a step in the right direction when it comes to how we're going to care for our veterans when they come back from these ridiculous wars that we send them to fight definitely for freedom and American exceptionalism. Great news from Memorial Day weekend, Alyssa. Well, I actually am going to throw some cold water on this great veteran news. Miss Deborah is on the line, and she has a sad story to share with us about a veteran. Miss Deborah, let your voice be heard. Hi. Hi, guys. How's everybody? We're doing well. I don't hate anybody there today. <laughs> today. Not today. <laughs> just today. <laughs> no, I was just, I wanted to share something with, you about a young man his name is sergeant james brown i heard it on a sister station of yours that used to work up there and he was murdered 
Uh, I don't know why he was in jail. He was supposed to be there, I think, for two days, and they extended it to seven. I don't know if he had something to drink, but they walked into this room and, and this cell, and there was blood, and they decided that they were going to, instead of see what was wrong, they ran in on him, and they looked like robocops. You couldn't even see who they were. They had boots up to their thighs. They had helmets. They had all of this, and they circled him, and they crushed him. And he was telling them he was bleeding. He, he was begging for his life. He begged for his life. And then they handcuffed him after he was just, like, he wasn't even able to do anything. They handcuffed his hands and his legs. They took him out, and they injected him with some sort of lethal injection. I don't know what it was. And then he begged for water. And they said to him, if you promise not to, you know, like, act up. And they gave him, like, a little bit of water. You know, it was like Jesus asking for water, and they gave him vinegar. You know, and then they, they were putting this putting his head underneath this water because they claimed that they were trying to wash his eyes out from the mace that they had given him. And then when they switched it over... He was lying there dead in the cell with no clothes. He was butt naked. Oh, my goodness. What a tragedy. So you should go on Sergeant James Brown with the murder of Sergeant James Brown, and it will come up. Miss Deborah, yeah. did you say where this was? I don't think I caught that. I don't that. know. I, you know what? I was so in, engrossed in looking at that, and then I just had to get away from it. And I, 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 didn't, I just didn't stay close to it. I, 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 I don't have access right now. Um, I actually, I actually do have the article right here, so I'll give you guys a quick rundown. So this was in El Paso, Texas. Sergeant James Brown self-reported to the county jail for a weekend drunk driving sentence in July 2012. Documents show Brown informed the jail when he arrived that he was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. The decorated two-time combat veteran of the war in Iraq initially placed in the general population, and it appeared as though he wasn't coping well. He begged them for water. He said, I really need water. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling well. I can't breathe. The cops ignored his request. Corrections. The, pardon me. Yes, the correct, correction officers ignored his request, mistreated him, and he ended up dying in the prison. Mm. This happened in 2012, and all parties involved were um, released in any wrongdoing. He, and now a video has been released of like what was going on in the shows that, like Ms. Deborah says, they stripped him naked. They did that game when they said, if you behave, we'll give you some water. And they literally gave him a drop of water. They laughed at him. And they let them in a cell. As he was saying, I cannot breathe. That's a very troubling story. He was only 26 years old, by the way. Ms. Deborah, thank you so much for sharing that heart-wrenching story. He did two tours in Iraq only to die here in the U.S. by the hands of our people in blue. Yeah, and it's like... It's funny because I, I can remember all the speeches of George Bush or even President Obama saying, you know, we're fighting for American freedom and idealism, and we got to go protect these people because the people in Iraq, the people in Syria, the people in Iran, they're the enemy. And then you come back, and the real enemies are the people who told you that you should go to war for them. Right, yeah, it's, we're fighting for freedom when we have the number one highest incarceration rate in the world, and most of our jails are filled with people of color for nonviolent offenses. Yep, I want to get to the depressing hour now. Um, let me just throw the number out there. Oh, that was sure. a great story, Ms. Deborah. If anyone else would like to share stories with us, number is 212-650-6903. You can also call us up to share your comments in relation to the stories that we share. Yeah, so now I want to bring up a story. And I mentioned this at the beginning of the news. Oh, round yeah, up. you did. Like, yes. gave a little teaser. I gave a little teaser. You like that teaser, right? It was left good. You, left you on the edge of your seat, it did, my nizzle. <laughs> so pretty much here is what happened. Um, in Ohio... There was a couple who was in the car, and they drove past a police precinct, and their car backfired. 
the cops thought that it was a gunshot. So they chased him, I think, over three miles. And when they finally came to a stop, 13 officers started to shoot at the car. They shot in total 137 bullets at this car that was not moving. But it gets better. So within that 137 bullet barrage, one cop in particular went, jumped up on top of the hood of the car and shot 45 additional bullets into the windshield of the car. The two people in the car were shot 20 to 25 times each. They both died, obviously. This was in trial, and just yesterday, they released it on a Saturday, of course, because they didn't want any kind of protesting because, you know, protesters, they always make make things dangerous for everyone else. They said that although there was never any weapons found in the car and that there really wasn't any, like, you know, there, there, there was no, like, danger to the cops, the cops had every right to shoot those 137 bullets in there, and therefore they should not go to jail. I want to read you the exact quote, just so you guys can kind of understand. It, the judge said it was reasonable, despite knowing that there was no gun in the car, and he was mistaken about the origin of the gunshots, so that even though they shot those 137 shots, it was reasonable. There was no wrongdoing in this. So now these cops are completely off, including the one who jumped on the hood of the car, who in court said he feared for his life. Oh, is- my God. I mean, yeah. first of all, that argument is so preposterous now. Are they all, all, they all these use cops that? suffering from PTSD that, like, the slightest thing just makes them fear for their life? Or is it just racism? Like, I don't, I don't even understand how that's a, a viable argument that you can make. How would they in fear if the car wasn't moving? So, Stanley, we're presuming that the people in the car were of color, right? Yes, there were two black um, young black, Americans, black yes. young it was people, a black couple, yes, and the the person who killed them was Officer Michael Brelo. Pardon mm-hmm. me, he was he was the one that jumped on the hood of the car. The judge says that he like the facts show that at least one of his bullets was the main cause of death for the male, but there's no proof that that it was his gunshot that killed the female. So it can only show that his bullets killed one person because there were so many gunshots from all these cops wow. in this one car. It's a, it's a causation issue. It's really unfortunate because, you know, you should be able to use some... I mean, obviously, it was the jury didn't see it that way, and I'm curious to know what the composition of the jury was. Or if... It, actually, you know what? I don't even think there was a jury. This was a judge trial, wasn't it? They opted for yeah. a judge trial? A yeah. lot of times, officers opt for judge trials because you can. I mean, you have the right... Uh, just to give you a little legal background, you have the right to waive a jury. Most people don't waive a jury because you have a better chance, you know, of getting acquitted when you have 12 people that have to come to a consensus about your guilt or innocence. But when you're a police officer um, and you're charged with killing unarmed people, a lot of times police officers will raise their right to a jury because a, a judge is much more likely to find in their favor. Right. I just want to say, because I know we're going to talk about the tech, the biker shootout that happened in Texas uh, not so long ago and the contrast in the criminal justice system and media bias. But I also want to point out, you see how these two unarmed black people were just shot out and the officers haven't said that they were fearing for their lives. Uh-huh. Did you guys see the film of the young white man in the Los Angeles International Airport who went past TSA, like elbowed his way through police officers, ran around, and then you know what they did when they found him? What? They tasted him and put him under arrest. And the guy was smirking. I'm like, if he was black... They would have shot him and his family. (laughs) No, but I mean, like, talk about the, I mean, talk about the bias in the criminal justice system and the way black people are treated. You want to hear something that's going to blow your mind? 
Tamir Rice, the 12-year-old boy who was yeah. shot by the police officers, mm-hmm. it's been six months since he's died. Still no decision. They're still investigating. Right. It, it's it's a well, shame. Uh, didn't they ask this, the Department of Justice to step in and help them investigate also? Yeah. So, I mean, you, you have to understand, that could be, I know that seems suspect, mm-hmm. and it quite possibly could be, mm-hmm. but if the DOJ is also helping the city of Cleveland to investigate and they're doing a complete and thorough investigation, sometimes yeah. that can take time. I mean, look at how long it took the DOJ to investigate the systematic wrongdoing in policing in Ferguson. No, it took actual, like six months. But the, it took six months, but the issue is, from what we saw in the video, literally, the only thing that you have to investigate, the cops jumped the curve and shot the kid. Everything happened in a 10-second time period, and the oh, evidence yeah. is there. In Mike Brown, there wasn't evidence. There were, like, conflicting stories, right. allegedly. So I can understand why that took a little bit of time. Why is this taking six months? Oh, and they haven't questioned the officers yet. That I don't understand. You know, I, I'm not familiar with Ohio's legal procedures and, you know, how they work, so... I don't know why there's been nothing happened yet. And also the other thing you have to remember and take into account is police officers are members of unions and yeah. they have their unions um, have a lot of power, as you could probably like law enforcement unions have a lot, a lot of power and they have yeah. collective bargaining agreements about their jobs and about when in what situations they can be fired. And there's this whole administrative adjudicative process that a police officer goes through um, with internal affairs and stuff like that. So there's a whole nother layer sort of of bureaucracy when it comes to investigating incidents. But at the same time, you know, you see, I, you know, I said this on Linda, I, I ran into Linda Sarasau the other day, actually, who I love. And, um, you know, I she had made a comment about what you're talking about, Brelo. And I know we're going to change gears in just a minute to talk about Waco. But um, I said, you have Carolyn Mosby gets an indictment when what happened in the van to Freddie Gray is not on video. Yeah. You have, you um Ken uh, Ken Thompson, mm-hmm. DA in Brooklyn, was able to get an indictment of Peter Lang um, yeah. uh, for Akai Gurley's death, and that's not on video. Yeah. But Dan Donovan can't get an indictment when it's on video, and that's things that make you say, hmm. On that yeah. note, other things that make you say, hmm, is when there's huge shootouts in Texas between crazy white people, and nobody's calling them thugs. No, not at all. So apparently um, there was this meetup at the Twins Peak restaurant, which is just like Hooters. No, no, they serve really cold beer, but the women are scantily dressed. And um, apparently... strip clubs. (laughs) No, no one was stripping. And apparently... Um, The restaurant and the police forces down in Texas knew in advance that there was going to be conflict amongst these rival biker gangs. And the restaurant was like, well, we're still going to we're still going to open up for service and we're still going to allow them to to come in and and see what happens. So apparently everyone met there. There was a conversation that happened in the bathroom. It escalated to the bar. It's a fist fight turned into a knife fight. They then moved to the parking lot and that knife fight turned into a gunfight nine people died about 170 people were arrested and i mean i I did not not once hear the words such as thugs or like what's going on with these with these types of people like it was just like oh so there was a shootout um you know it was let's look at it from a very objective standpoint 
another fun fact then, and obviously I didn't see all the footage, but there was some footage being released where you saw the people who were involved in the shooting sitting next to the cops. They were not handcuffed. Some of them were texting. Some of them were just walking around, and the cops were just chilling. Right. The cops felt completely safe around them. You know, it goes back to the coded language, right? Because you, you've had them called. I've heard some media outlets call them stuff like outlaws. Right. You know, or like biker gangs. Yep. But, like, they didn't use the word thug. And so if the media is saying, like, oh, well, we're not using the word thug to mean black people. We're using the word thug because, you know, these are criminals. Then why isn't that word being used to describe these people who are absolutely or at least allegedly criminals? And then the answer, obviously, is black. Because it's coded language. Because, you know, despite what the media says about, oh, yeah, we're calling them thugs because we mean criminals. And even the president. Yeah. Yeah. Even the president. and nuggets. Exactly. Um, And we shouldn't be using that type of language. And I'm glad that Stanley noted how the police were very calm, knowing that there was going to be some type of escalation of violence there. But they were just chilling with them. Yeah. Even when the reload verdict came out, the police were out in riot gear. They were out in riot gear. They had their tanks. They had the tear gas ready. For peaceful protesters in Ohio. But these guys killed nine people and had guns in the toilet. They had guns in the cabinet. They had guns in the coolers. They had guns everywhere. And the news was like, yeah. <laughs> and you know who they did spotlight, though? The one black biker. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I oh, saw that. I, can't, I mean, do that. I mean, it's just blatant bias right now. It's, yeah. it's You can't even code it anymore. It's yeah. just like, look, guys. Oh, God, it's horrible. But on that note, we do have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about more corruption, this time within the banking institution. Right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. Let's go. Feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling my, feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling my, feeling my, feeling myself. I'm feeling myself.